Hey everybody, this is Gary Kay, and obviously you're about to see a video version of my Rants and Race podcast today. I'm excited to be joined with Paul Harris, CEO of Aurora Multimedia. Paul, how are you? How you doing? Thanks for having me. Hey, um, a lot of, so over the last year, you've been talking about this React's control system platform that you've developed or that you're wanting to develop, and now you have phase one done, and that's what you're going to show us today. First, tell everyone what React's is. Okay, so React's is our, it's our, uh, attempt at doing an open standards, open architecture platform for control systems. So right now, currently, most people are used to maybe having common protocols, but we're gonna actually make it where it's common between the source code. So this way, any manufacturer can use this engine and we can have interoperability of the macros, the IR files, as well as the source code. And it's all based on web standards, HTML5 and JavaScript. So basically, Using HTML5 and JavaScript, you're going to have basically, for lack of a better term, open standard that other companies could hopefully, in your case, uh, adopt and use as a, as a control platform. So there's not just uh, custom code like we have now with most of the control manufacturers. Yeah, the goal is to, to make it non-proprietary. Uh, we've been working with HDBase-T and SDBUE to also make some of the implementations of the commands that trigger functions on the ports uh, to make it common with them as well. Uh, so this way we create like a, a universal standard across the industry. So sometimes uh, to do something like that, you first have to prove it conceptually. So phase one is done, which was to prove, not just talk about it, but to prove you can make product utilizing the technology. And that's what we're going to show today is eight products that we're going to be showing at Infocom, uh, actually using the technology on both Android and Linux. So our control engine doesn't just run on one platform. It can run on actually three, Windows, Linux, and Android, uh, and there's benefits to each one. And so, yeah, you could see products like TVs, uh, Blu-rays, anything could actually run the engine and turn it into a full automated control engine. Yeah, and, and you're in booth 1931 at Infocom. So, for example, that touch panel that I see in front of you there, is that a React's touch panel? Yeah, this is a React's in-the-wall touch panel. It is designed, to, this is a seven inch and a 10 inch. I don't have the seven inch plugged in right now, but they're even designed to be mounted in portrait mode. So one of the advantages is when you're doing room scheduling or just functionality, we all hold our cell phones in portrait mode, yet we're still hanging touch panels in landscape. So it allows you to put content going down long ways where in some cases it makes a lot more sense. Uh, it flush mounts to the wall, but the beautiful thing about these touch panels is they're not just an interface, they're a brain. So when you plug this in, you don't have to put any additional box. If you have an AV over IP system, where IP port expanders are already on the job, like in the way we do our HD based T extenders, uh, this will propagate it, connect to them, and actually use them as the port. So it really keeps the cost of the system low and simple. So you don't need a CPU, in other words, because the CPU is basically harnessed from each device that's connected. Exactly. Every device is a master or a slave. So, yeah, these are the in the wall panels. Now, one of the things that no one's seeing that, which we're going to be showing at your show first, actually. Uh, and we can also show Infocom is our new desktop models, which are going to come in white or black, nice thin profile. Okay, very good looking panels. And these are also brains too. And the 10 inch model. These are Android. Yeah, that's a lot thinner than what I've seen in the past. Yeah, and the beautiful and those, are, those have the seat basically, since they're Reacts, you don't need a CPU. All the control brains are there. That is correct. So I could even do this. I could take a PC located somewhere else in the room or my phone. And I can go after these because these are web servers. So I could pull out the page, have a mobile version of it showing up on my phone, 
and yet have a different sized version or a different looking screen on another device all happening from the one panel. So um, obviously, Aurora Multimedia is known for switching distribution, HD based, IP based is probably your sort of most famous for, and then also your AV over IP stuff. Um, so is React going to be a product line or is it part of the control protocol that you have or how, how is it positioned in the product uh, mix specifically? Okay, so we've been doing control for actually almost 17 years. So this is not really new to us. We've been doing this for a long time. What's different is the engine itself. We did it about two years ago. We started writing the code from ground up to create this new engine called the React engine. And conceptually, it wasn't just about making a new engine for Aurora. That, that we just wanted to do in general. The difference with this is to create the React organization, which is reacts.org. And the whole point is to eventually have contributors, adopters, as well as founders of it. We're going to take parts of our intellectual property and we're going to add it to the React organization, which is going to allow, yeah, believe it or not, our competitors to utilize our technology. So think of us kind of as like the Google, and this is being the Android of control. And this will allow compatibility across different brands of products. So this way, uh, one of the scary things about being an integrator or an end user is when you get uh, using a control system, yeah, there's lots of them out there now, and everybody claims we're cloud-based, we're this space, we're that. It's going to make your life so much easier. Look, control is control. Programming is programming. That's not going to go away. But what can be made better and what we're doing is we're going to allow the customers and everybody to use anything from any uh, manufacturer. So you can use, let's say, for example, brand XYZ has a 17-inch version of a panel that I don't make. That's fine. Add it to the room, same code generator, the code's going to run on it, or vice versa. Their code generator might run on ours. So, so do, you have a, do you have a licensing concept already kind of fulfilled, and are you talking to other manufacturers about this, or how's, what's the, how do you see the, the roadmap for this? Yeah, we've been doing that uh, and making it so that it's reasonable as far as the structure of it. We are being protective of it because what we don't want to do is we don't want any Tom, Dick, and Harry to be able to just make a React control engine. Otherwise, it's going to commoditize the product, and then there's not going to be any quality control or any type of real support for it. So there are certain qualifications to be a manufacturer that supports Reacts, which we're constructing now, uh, which is you can't just be anybody and throw your name on it. You have to be a legitimate manufacturer. You have to have a certain support level behind it in order to be part of the Reacts world. So this way, it's handled as a proper professional product, not just something that you go out there and you buy on one of these online websites, which we've seen out there, which tend to do a disservice to the industry because it just bleeds the industry dry. No, it really want, we want to keep the same structure and pattern. The difference is we just want to open it up to everybody and anybody and create this interoperability uh, for everybody. So this way you have choice. And that's the key thing is if, if you like using Aurora, great, use Aurora React products. You like using the other brand, then use the other brand. You like using combined three different brands, it's going to open up a lot of new possibilities and a lot of new capabilities. Is, is it reacts.org still? Is that the website for no. it? Next.org, but right now the products are on AuroraMM.com because okay. these products are ours. The organization is reacts.org. And by the way, these are some of the new control boxes. So, you know, different port counts. Uh, you know, so that's your IP, RS-232, and IO, and relay ports. For the box versions, and it's a full web server. We need more ports. We have we converted our older model, which is still plenty new and powerful. This is a quad-core processor with four of every port. And we even made for enterprise, we even made a server version 
where it's an i5 class style fanless uh, PC running Linux, and this will uh, run an entire facility uh, without even breaking a sweat. So, so, so basically, you 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 could use one server to run an entire uh, uh, organization's control interface. Oh, absolutely. The Reacts engine will run on something as small as a board that goes inside our AV over IP products, which we also make. Uh, and it could be as sophisticated as an i5 or i7 processor. It runs on anything. So yeah, it can run on a single uh, ARM processor that's very low power tiny to something as super powerful as a PC. So yeah, it's a very flexible engine. It, it can do a lot and it will continue to grow and evolve as, uh, as we continue to put more time and development into it. Now, by the way, behind us is the Core Studio uh, tool, which is a drag and drop tool that allows us to create interfaces uh, for the product. So even if you don't know JavaScript or web pages, we made it easy. So it's like any of our competitors' control tools where you drag and drop, and it will actually generate the code for you. So we even made it easy. And the beautiful thing is, you don't even have to use our tools, whereas the other companies, you have to use their tools or else. You don't have to use our tools. It's, you could still, at the end of the day, use JavaScript or HTML5 if that's the way you choose to do it or somebody else's tools. So, so your AV over IP products, do they have Reacts integrated into them now? Actually, yes. We have an option card. Unfortunately, I don't have a handy. It's a little tiny card that okay. actually goes into our 1 gig, our 10 gig, and it even goes into our new HD-based T product that's going to be shipping in June. Uh, okay. we, even, we even enabled our HD-based T products to be React. So yeah, every, almost every product going forward from us will have the ability to drop a React inside of it and make it a full brain. All right, so I have an AV over IP question for you because you're one of the few manufacturers that makes all of those levels of AV over IP from, from the streaming to the one gig to 10 gig, which you mentioned one gig and 10 gig. Um, so um, where's the market kind of now? It's been about a year you've been shipping. Where's the market sort of leveling out? Are we seeing 90% one gig, 10% 10 gig? Or are we seeing 40, 60? What, what is the percentages that are out there that you're seeing? Okay, so it's really... Uh, you know, it's, it's a couple of things. One gig by far is the best right now for, for quantity. Uh, but that's in what we call the low end market where like restaurant chains, uh, K through 12, uh, those are usually a lot of the volume projects because you don't usually, at, at this point in time, do the pricing structures. Uh, 10 gig and high end one gigs don't really fit that market. They want low cost. So the, one, the low cost, uh, that type of market, uh, tends to, to do very well for distribution. Now, 10 gig does very well. Uh, I have some very large 10 gig distributions. We have the largest uh, install with almost 1,200 uh, 10 gig uh, you know, devices throughout the facility. I got a lot of ones with 250 here, 400 there. So it's not that 10 gig doesn't do well. We just see more of the volume in the one gig because of the price point. And you, know, you get a restaurant chain, they're not gonna do 10 gig in a restaurant chain. You don't need like a 4K6444 in a restaurant chain. They're not even broadcasting, so there's no point. Well, when you, when you, for example, have a university that comes to you and says they want to do AV over IP, what are you recommending for them? How do you decide 10 or 1? You know, it, both products do very well. They got, I, I like to use the phrase different applications, different expectations. So it really depends on what they're expecting. The first thing I usually tell people is worry about the infrastructure more than anything. Try to just run 6A cable if you can. Uh, because you know that's going to get you to 10 gig, period. Um, switches, you know, once again, for the time. 
switches come and go, peripherals come and go. Infrastructure is infrastructure. So that's usually what we focus on. Right now, nothing's been determined. It's going to be at least four to five more years before anybody really knows what the true standards are going to evolve to. This is what I do know. 10100, which we refer to as the H264, H265, that's not going anywhere anytime soon. Because here's the bottom line. If you want to record the meeting, you want to send it halfway around the world, you're not doing it with a 1 gig or a 10 gig. That's not so that technology is not going anywhere. It's a great technology. It does what it's meant to do. Low, high compression to get it from point A to point B through the internet and where it needs to go. The battle is really between the one gig, the 10 gig, and you'll even see 25 gig eventually coming to play for the 8K and the 4K 120 as it tends to evolve. And don't count HD base T out yet because their new chip series, the 3000 series, adds an interesting twist. So for us, you're gonna see the era of hybrids. So we're going to start hybriding technologies is what you're going to actually see. So there's going to be a place for everything based on the application. But 10 gig SDVUE's got some interesting stuff coming out. And as they go towards the chipsets, you're going to see prices dropping even more in 10 gig. And even Netgear is going to be introducing some new low-cost uh, uh, POE 10 gig switches at Infocom. So you're going to see a lot of, well, I'd love to go into more detail about that. Let them do their full announcements. But the point is, uh, the prices are going to continue to drop on 10 gig, and here's what you are going to see. Low-cost 1 gig is going to still be a premium spot that's going to stay where it is. The 10 gig is going to, is going to dominate and destroy the high-end 1 gig. So in the 4K60 space, uh, for the 444, I want to point that out, 10 gig is going to overtake the 1 gig. There's no doubt about it. Um, the prices are going to just continue to drop and fall right in that middle price point area that the high-end one gigs just can't compete in. And in the low-end, the high-end one gigs can't compete against the low-end one gigs because they are what they are, uh, and they're not going to compete. You'll just see 10 gig dominate. You might see 5 gig products come out, like, you know, just to ride over some other things. So you're going to see some interesting derivatives. Um, we'll see where Dante video goes. That'll be another interesting one, too. Yeah, and I think you're right about the, when you look at the high end one gig and the, in the, in the 10 gig, they're not much difference in price. No. So you have the infrastructure, you're more likely to put in the 10 gig in those cases. If, as long as you get the IT department to support it. What's that? Our 10 gig pricing right now starts below uh, some of the competitors out there with the high end one gigs as they fall. Right. And, you know, our way to look at it is when you're trying to do a 20 to one compression versus a 1.3 to one compression, you can try to play all the games you want and try to make all the arguments you want. It's not a debate. It's really simply put, 10 gig, you don't have to play games with. It is what it is. It gets it through at a lossless compression. The other one, you gotta play games. You fix this thing, you break this. It doesn't work. It's got latencies. It's good technology. Great what they did. Just not meant for that higher end where we need to go. It's taking us a step backwards. It's actually not pushing us forward. It's actually disrupting the industry and pushing us backwards. It's not that the one gig can't sell. I sell tons of one gig, but that's at the low price point, low power usage. Do the restaurant chains, the K through 12, the low cost conference rooms, they do a great job for that. But once you go medical, virtual reality, um, broadcast, 4K 64, higher, you gotta go 10 gig. Yeah, and so this, this has actually been a good review for me because the market, and I think the lesson learned here from listening to you is that you got to do your own research, understand the application really well, and then demonstrate it for the customer. Those are three things that I think are really important because the customer has to know what the trade-offs are because 
you aren't trading perfection for perfection. You're trading perfection for efficiency, or you're trading perfection for cost sometimes, or you're trading uh, simplicity, uh, perfection for simplicity. So you have to decide what's most important to you. And if, and if it's the best quality signal, you have to go 10 gig. If, the, if the, what is more important is cost, then you have to look at other options in one gig, and there's a range of options there too. So, so head over to um, Aurora's booth for two reasons, 1931. Number one is the AV over IP and compare that to the HD base T and IP base T, which I think is kind of interesting that you have, but also um, make sure that you're checking out the React's control and understanding what the difference is between the custom control products that are out there and React's being an open standard uh, HTML5 JavaScript based uh, programming language. I think that, that actually provides some interesting benefits. Uh, from a simplicity standpoint and, and interoperability, as you said, especially as if you get more manufacturers to buy into this. So, Paul, congratulations and thanks for your time today. Hey, thank you so much for the time and I uh, can't wait to see everybody at, uh, at Infocom. Three weeks away from, uh, from tomorrow, so uh, we're getting close. Uh, thanks for watching. All of our Infocom coverage, of course, is at raypubs.com slash infocom2019. Paul, thanks again and have a great day. Thanks, man.